Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the channel today. And the USA seems to be going from bad to worse. I remember months ago, so many of you, of my subscribers are in the USA, were saying absolutely no, Neil. We will never follow the trajectories of the UK and Europe because we are the greatest nation on earth. We have energy independence. We have a strong economy, strong manufacturing, housing market. But alas, now all of these things are starting to crumble. And that's without even getting into the equity markets and, and looking at assets. Because remember, most Americans' wealth is held in their assets, which is mainly their houses, the housing market. It's also the stock market and pensions, uh, even bonds, some bonds in the USA. Who would have ever thought this would happen? Have lost up to 50% of their value. Now, we talked about this last week and the week before that it happened in the United Kingdom. I remember so many people were laughing at the absurdity of it, but now this seems to be sweeping to other nations as well. But let's get into the data today, then let's go to the shared screen. And we're gonna start with some articles and then we'll finish with a little bit more uh, granular kind of data for those of you who love the graphs. So let's do that now then. Let's start with this Bloomberg article, inflation forces over half of Americans to consider second jobs. As real wages fall and inflation remains red hot, employees across the income spectrum take on extra shifts, side hustles, or second jobs to ease the pain. Now you'll see why this is a little bit of a crazy story as we go into a couple more of these articles. About 38% of workers have looked for a second job, while an additional 14% have plans to do so. At the same time, 18% of working adults said they had moved to an area with a lower cost of living to cut expenses, and another 13% plan to do so. And I actually think this is a very good idea for many adults, many families, to be moving to these lower cost areas. I do think it is a good idea to move out of these cities when and if you are able to. Now, I understand not everyone will be able to do that because of jobs and family and healthcare and other such matters that are very important, of course. But those of you who are not in those situations and you do have that ability to get out of the cities, move a little, I'm not saying move rural, that is completely your choice. And I have a video on Thursday, uh, which is a little bit on that topic, getting you uh, more prepared for the things to come. But I definitely think it's a good idea if you can save costs living in a nice house with some land perhaps, that is not in these big cities, which will eventually implode. They happen on every one of these historical cycles as we go into deeper recessions or depressions. This is where the cities are places that you do not want to be in, especially due to crime rates. Holding two or more jobs is nothing new, especially for low-income workers struggling to cover basic living expenses. Over to CNBC then, 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, including nearly half of six-figure earners. Almost half of those earning more than $100,000 say they are just getting by. Now, you've got to ask the question. I know some of you are sat there scratching your heads at this and saying, how is that even possible to be earning over a hundred thousand dollars and saying that you are only just getting by or living paycheck to paycheck 
and we've covered this multiple times but unfortunately yes i know it's very easy to blame the the individual in question here but actually a lot of this is very deep ingrained marketing and advertising and media control which has turned americans into this generation to this populace of people who have this sort of I don't want to be rude and say an entitlement mentality because it may not be quite that, but it's this mentality that you can have everything that you want to do and you'll just keep, you know, earning more and more and more and then putting it all on credit and getting loans and all these other things and you'll pay it back in the future and everything will be fine. Well, that only works up to a certain point. And of course, the media and the advertisers have made their clients and made these companies very, very wealthy now at the expense of the people. Now, the other thing to bear in mind is and why I would recommend all Americans watching this who are in a situation to try and cut back your expenses where you can. And I know some people will get their back up straight away at that. Don't tell me what to do, etc. That's not what I'm saying here. I would highly recommend cutting back. And here's the reason why. The US dollar is strong right now. It's very strong. And it is the reserve currency. But like all things, everything has its time. Everything goes through a cycle. And we also have very low interest rates for a long period of time. These rates are now rising. Now, I do believe that the Federal Reserve will pivot at some point and it may not be too far away, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to drop interest rates right back down to zero. The pivot could in the first form be done using quantitative easing. So they may just stop the tightening cycle, go back to more easing, but not uh, lower those interest rates just at that period. So there's different ways that this could play out. But the main thing to bear in mind is that your debt levels, especially if people are living up to their income level, it usually means that the debt level is very high. Well, as these interest rates continue to go up, if you're not on fixed terms, which many of you will be, but if you're not on fixed terms, the debt will become harder and harder and harder to service every month. So this is why it's a good idea to actually cut back now, try and clear some of that debt if it is high APR. Now, another question I get asked all the time, but should I clear debt that's two, two and a half, three percent? Me personally, I wouldn't. Why? Because if you've got eight, nine, ten, whatever inflation will be as we keep going through this process, even if you have eight percent inflation, you have a three percent debt, you have a spread of five percent in the middle there. So it doesn't really make sense to pay it off unless you're not using that capital for investments and getting a strong return. And just on that, I know a lot of people are diving into the stock market now because they're following the Jim Cramers who we'll mention very briefly at the end. And people are diving in and buying the dip on all these things. I've said and I haven't changed my position on this. The stock market hasn't bottomed yet. You are going to see lower lows and it's just, this is very simple finance and economics. You cannot have high input costs, high energy costs, raw materials and high other costs. There's a lot of things associated with this and then have high earnings because people get squeezed of their discretionary income. If you don't understand about the stock market and you invest in the stock market, I highly recommend that you take my stock market course. The link is below in the description. I can't recommend the course enough and just look at don't take my word for it just read some of the testimonials on it because some people have already dodged a lot of bullets just over the last couple of months alone and they know now how to position themselves to actually profit and, and not lose all of their money as we go through this period 
But let's get back to the article. As of September, 63% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck, according to a recent Lending Club report. Near the 64% historic high hit in March. A year ago, the number of adults who felt strained was closer to 57%. Being employed is no longer enough for the everyday American. Wage growth has been inadequate, leaving more consumers than ever with little to nothing left over after managing monthly expenses. Over to Fox Business then. Now, I just wanted to show you this chart real quick and you can see wages here. So we have in red hourly wages after inflation down here at minus 3%. And then we have hourly wages at 5% here with this purple line. And then we have inflation with this blue line sitting at around 8.2%. But again, I think this is gonna fool a lot of people because yes, inflation may dip down and it probably will but we do often see this second spike a little later on, especially from these temporary government programs, which you know and I know are never temporary. The typical US household is spending $445 more a month due to inflation. That is staggering, my friends. $445 is a lot of money. Consumer prices rose 8.2% in the last year, according to a September inflation report issued on Thursday by the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's near the highest level since the early 1980s. Given that inflation rate, consumers are paying $445 more per month to buy the same goods and services as they did a year ago, according to Moody's Analytics. But actually, it's worse than that if you think about it, because they're not talking here about shrinkflation where you know and I know that they are reducing the size of the products, uh, they're making the packaging bigger, and you're not getting as good a value. So it's worse than what they are saying here. There aren't a lot of great options to save money, financial advisors said. They largely include buying cheaper alternatives when possible and trimming discretionary expenses. Inflation for groceries hasn't been this high since the 1970s. Look at this, and actually it's probably higher than this figure they're putting on here because of the way they actually switch out the CPI products. They remove things like salmon, you know, very expensive fish. They put white tail and all this sort of cheaper fish in. So it's probably higher than this. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're actually on par, or maybe not on par, but close to the, the 73 peak. And you can just look at this cereals and bakery products. Again, we already knew this was coming because we covered it six months ago. Same with uh, meats, poultry, fish, and eggs. The rises we're seeing and we know why. Dairy as well and related products. Well, yeah, as the feed gets more expensive, the, these costs have to be passed on as well as the cull of a lot of herds. Uh, sorry, not a complete cull, but a partial cull. Fruits and vegetables also going up in price. But I did want to show you this USA Today article. Energy price shuffle means no inflation relief. Winter utility bills to cancel gas savings. And the reason I want to talk about this is because I was trying to warn my American friends, my USA friends, that this was coming. But the general consensus was so strong out there that the USA would never follow the same path of other countries and definitely wouldn't go the same way as the EU and the UK. 
But actually, that's what we're seeing now. We are seeing these energy price rises. And even in natural gas, the thing that people thought would never happen in the USA, what about gas prices in terms of petroleum and diesel for vehicles? Again, people thought this would never happen. But this strategic reserve has been drained and it is getting drained. And uh, we're going to see a major issue in terms of gas prices for Americans very shortly. Bills for every type of fuel are expected to rise with propane coming in at the low end with a 5% spike, while natural gas could soar 28%. But if winter proves 10% colder than expected, natural gas bills could surge 51%. So I just want you to think about what's been happening in Europe and how bad it's gotten in Europe. Now look at this, 51% that could happen in the USA. Here's the diesel data then. Diesel demand is surging in the US while supplies remain at the lowest seasonal level ever, according to government data released on Wednesday. The shortage of the fuel used for heating and trucking, again, key one is trucking, is a key worry for the administration heading into winter and ahead of the November election. The USA has just 25 days of diesel supply, the lowest since 2008, according to the EIA, which is the Energy Information Admin. Retail prices have been steadily climbing for more than two weeks at $5.32 a gallon. They're 50% higher than this time last year, according to the AAA. Now, we also have another crucial article here from Market Insider, and this is talking about US home prices and how they could plunge 20% by next summer as a housing recession kicks in. Now, the reason this is so important is because the housing market is responsible for a huge amount of US GDP. Now, you start losing value out of the housing market, and this brings down GDP at a rapid rate. Now, already we're seeing house prices down 5% since May, so that's not a lot of time, and they may slump by another 20% by mid-2020. Now, the Federal Reserve has actually indicated that they want this. They are glad that house prices are coming down. Shepardson and his team estimated that seasonally adjusted existing home prices slid by 0.7% in August, the third monthly decline in a row. Now, I would agree with this statement. The very low level of inventory means that a headlong collapse in prices is unlikely, but they still expect a decline of 20%. Now, I'm not going to comment on the percentage amount because I've already done a very detailed video on the sort of collapse in, in house prices and how I see it going. But I do agree with this, that inventory is so low. And because of that, it is holding up the market somewhat. Now, this is really interesting. And for those of you who've been following for a while, you'll remember what I said about the 6% mortgage rate. And I said, once we get to this 6% rate, and I said seven at the absolute max, but you're going to start seeing the signs at 6%, you're going to see the housing market start to come down because it squeezes out affordability. But this isn't just happening in the USA. This is happening everywhere. Sorry, I don't mean every single country in the world. In each country that we're seeing the central bank interest rate rise, therefore pushing up mortgage rates. And therefore, I mean, every 1%, you've got to think, 1% pulls a huge amount of discretionary income or spending availability from a normal household budget. So you start going up two, three, 4% in terms of these mortgage rates. You think about that on a monthly basis. And it reminds me of so many people who 
not to criticize, but they were saying before when I was making certain videos that, you know, it's best to just fix for two years and three year fix rates. And these are mainly UK Europeans. And I said, absolutely not. You're never going to see interest rates for mortgages this low again, probably in your lifetime. If you can get two or three percent fixed, fix it for as long as possible. And that is difficult in UK Europe because you often only get up to five years. But there are 10 year products. I got a 10 year product myself at two point, uh, I think it was 2.4 percent. I have another one at 1.9 percent. I fixed these for as long as I possibly could. And I laughed when the broker tried to tell me I should only fix it for two or three years and then they can renew it in two or three years, maybe at a lower rate. I laughed because I knew this was ridiculous and they wanted to get an extra fee in two or three years. So I, you always want to fix these, these products for as long as possible because what's going to happen is people's mortgages are going to come up for renewal now and they're not going to be able to afford to actually pay this or if they, especially with the energy costs as well coming in, food costs coming in, wages not keeping up, you're going to see a lot of very deep challenges, maybe some bankruptcies, maybe a lot of foreclosures as we go through this crisis. We also have to look at US manufacturing downshifts as orders shrink, according to the ISM data, which is down to 50.9. So this is the lowest level since May of 2020. A gauge of US manufacturing stumbled in September to a more than two year low, moving closer to outright stagnation as orders contracted for the third time in four months. More specifically, seven industries reported contraction, including furniture, textiles and wood. Well, yeah, this links into the point we just talked about. Furniture, housing market, textiles, uh, partly housing market as well, and wood, definitely housing market. So it's no surprise that we're starting to see these things now. And this is actually a really good article. I'd recommend you have a look at it because you can see throughout all these different industries what they are saying now. Almost all suppliers are experiencing lead times growth. It seems no one wants to keep inventory on hand anymore. So again, consumer cyclical products. This is where we're going to see some heavy losses in the market. Business is flat to down due to inflation and interest rates. Again, because interest rate rises makes things more expensive. But let's just look at GDP and we can see what is happening here with the GDP. It has been dropping month on month. And remember, this is even when they include their quantitative easing and, and currency creation, which they add into GDP. So I would argue very strongly that we're already in a recession, even though they don't want to call that out. We are in a recession already. What about the US manufacturing PMI then? Again, this is down month on month. And then export prices then. You want strong exports, but look, export prices have been dropping. And what does the president say about this? Well, he insists that the US economy is strong as hell as he munches on an ice cream cone. And this is from the New York Post, may I just add. And if you listen to Jim Cramer, who I never do, <laughs> he's actually saying that the US dollar could be peaking. But remember, this is the same man that told you to buy Nike on the day it dropped 7%. So take whatever he says with a grain of salt. But all right, I hope that was helpful and useful today. Thanks so much for being a subscriber here. Take care. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.